Star Wars 7x7 episode 3002. All right, it's finally here. The three-episode premiere of Andor happened yesterday, and this is not going to be a spoilery discussion today because not everybody has had a chance to get through the first three episodes. So, I mean, there'll be just the barest hint of spoilers, but really only in terms of framing expectations for what you're going to see in these first three episodes. And instead, we're mostly going to focus on reactions that have been coming in to the series and how valid they may or may not be. Punch it. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So the Andor series, I will say just as a top line situation, feels like it's worth the wait. And we're going to go through seven items because, you know, <laughs> that's how we do it around here. But we can talk about without necessarily spoiling those first three episodes for you if you haven't seen them yet. And if you have seen them yet, then I think you'll still appreciate the framing. At least that is what I'm hoping to do for you here. So the first thing that we can safely say is that Lucasfilm has done what it has been tending to do with its live action series, which is the stuff that happens in the first three episodes is front loaded into the trailers. So the majority of the footage that you see in the trailers, you're going to see in the first three episodes. There are elements that we've discussed that we've talked about on the show as potentially being flashback related and that may or may not be the case now. The way they frame stuff it looks like we might be seeing two different timelines which leads me into the second thing I wanted to discuss. Not only the fact that we may only be looking at two timelines but and this is only like the barest hint of a spoiler thing no Mon Mothma in the first three episodes of the series. Now one of the things we've talked about with the trailers is how we've seen two versions of Luthen Rail. We've seen him with much fluffier, curlier hair meeting with Mon Mothma, and we've also seen his much shorter cut where he meets with Cassian for the first time. So we only see shorter haircuts still in Skarsgård in these three episodes, and so that's another suggestion of the possibility that we might be seeing things in two separate timelines, but you know, the two timelines are different. We have a young Cassa slash Cassian and then current day Cassian in 5BBY. Stellan Skarsgård's floppy-haired <laughs> Luthen Rail may not exactly line up with a young Cassian situation because Mon Mothma certainly seems like she's in a more adult place when she sees Luthen with his floppy hair, if you will, with his curly wavy hair. And the age difference for Mon Mothma between those scenes and where she's in the Galactic Senate seems like it's not as great as Cassian's age difference in the two times that we see him. Now, a third thing I'll address is some of the comments that have come in about this series when they couldn't really tell us much of anything about them. So things like describing it as a slow burn or as similar to a prestige drama series or being cinematic. Well, for a start, cinematic was kind of already on the table anyway because of the Rogue One preview that they had and man oh man the scene with Luthen and Cassian meeting and those corporate security folks coming after them right like that scene was shown and it's already also been shown on YouTube that scene appears in these first three episodes and boy did that look good on a big screen and the rest of it looks like it would hold up for that as well 
As far as the slow burn situation, I can certainly see why people are saying it's a slow burn. They've done a lot of table setting in these first three episodes just for Cassian and his backstory. And I feel like it's a good thing that they released the first three episodes all at once because and we'll discuss this a little bit in tomorrow's episode when we focus specifically on episode one, but if they had just released episode one by itself and made us wait a week for the next one, I think a lot of people would be like, huh? <laughs> thinking to themselves, yeah, this is a real slow burn. Now at least we get some sort of resolution of sorts with the storytelling that happens within the first three episodes. For a fourth thing, I'd like to address something that I'll probably speak about it a little elliptically because I do know that there are younger ears listening to this podcast, but there are certain elements reported as allegedly scandalous about this Star Wars show and the fact that, oh, stuff like this has never been seen in Star Wars before. Well, let me disabuse you of that notion <laughs> immediately. So one of the situations which happens in a bar and there are other activities for sale in the bar, well... I mean, that's nothing that didn't happen at Madame Garza's place in the Book of Boba Fett and wasn't also just as overtly hinted at, if you will. And as far as a certain romantic scene in there, I'd like to point out that there's only one Star Wars live-action story which features two characters together in a bedroom, and it ain't this one, it's Revenge of the Sith with Anakin and Padme. So basically, if you're seeing things suggesting that there are scandalous elements of the Andor series, well, it's basically clickbait because it's definitely not that scandalous. For a fifth thing, I think I'd like to give particular kudos to Kyle Soller as Cyril Cairn, the deputy inspector for these corporate security forces. And his portrayal of the character is just awesome and also the epitome of the idea <laughs> of a good deed not going unpunished. And in a way, you could fairly say that everything that's about to happen is his fault. It's already public knowledge from trailers and interviews that Kyle Soller's character is obsessed with Cassie and Andor and goes after him. And we see that it's those corporate security folks who are trying to pin them down in that, you know, warehouse factory abandoned facility situation, right? Let me just tell you, <laughs> if, if Cyril Karen hadn't gone after Cassian, I think things would have gone so much differently and I think maybe Rogue One itself wouldn't have happened. As a sixth thing, I'll say that there's sort of an interesting parallel with The Empire Strikes Back, in particular Cloud City and the mining operation that Lando Calrazine has established there. One of the things that he says in talking about it is that they're a small enough operation that they tend to avoid being noticed very particularly by the Empire. Obviously, of course, <laughs> in Leia and Luke, that kind of disrupts that whole situation. But, you know, that whole hunt notwithstanding, for the longest time, Lando had been able to operate without really being bothered by the Empire. And it seems like this whole operation that's happening around Ferrix and the other planets and the system around it are happening without the <laughs> incursion of Imperial entanglements. And and that is you know, another one of those things that is basically lurking like a shadow. Like Lando says, you know, it hangs like a shadow over everything we do. And it's hanging over these folks as well. As a final thought on things, I'll say that I've been seeing folks online saying that 
If you thought the first three episodes were great, episode four is going to blow you away. Obviously, I haven't seen episode four yet, so I can't speak to that one way or the other. What I will say to that is that based on the first three episodes, I'm really glad to hear that because the whole slow burn thing, like, I think it needs it, basically. There was definitely a lot of action-packed stuff in episode three, but it was also stuff that we've already seen a lot of in the trailers. Episode two doesn't really have much in the way of action, and episode one has only a brief sequence, and that's about it. Not that Star Wars necessarily has to be action-packed per se, but the whole slow burn idea, well, when you start with, you know, something on the opening of episode one, and then it takes you to get until midway through episode three before things start, you know, heating up, as it were, I mean, it's sort of an indication of the stakes that you're dealing with and whether things are going to get to be life and death, that sort of thing, right? So that's the kind of slow burn situation that I'm talking about. It took them a while to build up to an action sequence in, you know, more than an hour of storytelling. And so so, you know, I'm very fascinated by it, and it's definitely intriguing, and I'm enjoying the heck out of it, but I'm also glad to hear that we're going to have something that'll knock us off our feet for episode four. So there you go. That's what I've got for you on a first reaction review and discussion of the first three episodes of the Andor series. Mostly spoiler-free, I think you would agree. Nothing that's really going to, I think, hamper your experience of these first three episodes, and maybe even kind of help set expectations a little bit so that hopefully you will enjoy it as much as possible. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.